Hello and welcome to Growing Through Dance, the podcast for everyone who is interested in watching or taking part in dance and exploring how dance interacts with life. Hi there and welcome and thank you for listening once again. Today I'm really excited that I have with me the outgoing bundle of fun, Catherine King. For some 15 years plus, Catherine was a CCDA member, that's Sirencester Creative Dance Academy dancing and performing until graduating to go to the University of Plymouth. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, I'm, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. I'm really Thank you for having me. That's my pleasure. Catherine is going to talk to us about her experiences of being a dancer, predominantly at CCDA and during mm-hmm. her childhood. But she's also going to talk to us about where she is now in her career and what she's doing. So let's go straight into it. Let's talk about recreational dance lessons so what age were you when you started well I so I started with CCDA when I I think I was around four and in terms of kind of why I started I think it was definitely one of those my mum had friends whose kids went to dance and they were like yeah it's great you get rid of your kids for a morning on a Saturday (laughs) (laughs) we were like go on so yes I went and that was that really I didn't stop ever well actually that's not true I did stop when I was an adult but for a very long time I didn't stop Okay, so what sort of dance genres did you decide to take up initially? So I think at first I just did ballet in the village hall on a Saturday morning. And then I did, as I kind of grew up and could take on a bit more, I did graded lessons in ballet, tap, modern and jazz. And then we also did kind of obviously not graded lessons and other bit bits and bobs that were contemporary, lyrical, street and commercially stuff, musical theatre as well. Okay, so it, you took advantage really of, of everything we could offer. Oh, I certainly did. <laughs> oh, good. That's good to hear. So, cast your mind back then. Mm. Think about that first lesson, if you can. Do you remember how you felt? Do you remember what it was like? I remember just being really happy to be doing something. Because to me, it was just when I was a child, when I was four, it was just a social opportunity. I was like yes I have all of these cool friends and I get to hang out with them on a Sunday on a Saturday and I remember it being I mean I remember being told off for talking quite a lot which I think does not surprise me which I was gonna say I was gonna say you'll probably say that that never really changed but um Yeah. yeah I just remember having an absolute blast with my friends and it was the best thing and I also have a really vivid memory of using because in the village hall it didn't have a ballet bar so we used like the back of chairs as the bar so I always remember my main memory of doing ballet Mm. in that village hall was using the back of chairs as a bar but yeah it was just I just remember having the best time with all my friends and being like this is so fun and do you remember whether when you went home you practiced or did you heard of some children used to get their dolls out and teach them you weren't I just I would I don't think I'd stop I mean and I don't that continued well into I mean I still do it now like when I go home on mum's laminate floral you can do so many pirouettes on a laminate floor (laughs) nice and shiny (laughs) yeah nice and shiny but yeah I definitely I just dance around the house as every young dancer does Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent. If it was more about social for you initially, what Mm. did you dance at? Why did you carry on into your later years? Yeah, I think (laughs) I, um, as I grew up, I kind of realised that it wasn't just, for me, it ended up not just being about the friends that I'd made. It was, I realised that it was kind of a a love and a passion that I didn't have for anything else and that I'd never found with anything else. Because my parents were very good at kind of letting us try lots of different things. Like Mm. I'd done swimming, I'd done, I think I did a bit of judo 
show I'd Ooh. done horse riding I'd done lots of things and always the only thing I ever wanted to come back to doing was dancing I think that yeah the probably the reason I carried on is because there's nothing else that I loved as much as I love dance and also the older I got and the kind of further I got in grades and things the more I just wanted to push myself and test my abilities and work to achieve the grades and the exams and that kind of thing and just keep doing it really get better so you were quite a serious dance student then at that point yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't don't do don't do things by halves Catherine <laughs> no, no. I was just thinking also the word serious is one I would readily apply to you Mm. <laughs> but out. <laughs> right okay so you said that obviously you, you enjoyed the social side of it did you make mm. any friends at dance that you would say you made throughout life or perhaps you, you wouldn't have known them unless you went to yeah dance? no a hundred percent I mean there's still I have friends now over 20 years later that I wouldn't I wouldn't have had because of dance and I think also with any kind of team extracurricular thing because it essentially it is a team particularly when you're doing group performances and competitions and stuff it's a really specific kind of friendship that, that I kind of think particularly if you do it for that long in your adolescence you end up seeing everyone you either see or you share each other's worst and also best moment and they're they're the only people I can say that I saw consistently multiple times a week for over a decade of my life and I didn't get bored of them <laughs> and they're and they're like still people who I love and cherish mm-hmm. to this day oh that's really nice you've already told us that you like push yourself were there mm. any other bits about the dance that you either liked I and mean, it was you know perhaps the end of term display did you find that Mm. yeah definitely I think the the best um the best part of the year was show week (laughs) that was like the best thing and performing for me was I think one of the one of my favorite bits because the adrenaline and like the excitement and the buzz there is when you're about to go on stage and or you just come off stage it's there's nothing else like it and I think there's I think you'll probably agree that I tried to do possibly everything that was ever put in front of me oh, absolutely I was absolutely. Yeah. I was like yeah yeah I'll do that and the only the only time I would ever not do something is if mum was like oh you physically can't do that or you know you've got school or you've got this so if ever I could do something I was I was there and I was doing it I, and then of course I eventually I, I taught for you for a year yes you did which, you did which yeah. was the um that was a lot of fun and experience I really enjoyed and I think that kind of brought a different element to it as well because it you weren't it was interesting flipping that role because hmm. you interesting learning what it's like to be you <laughs> or to like it's, it sure was in, interesting <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but like learning learning I think learning what it was like to teach yeah and don't get me wrong I always I already you know had the utmost respect for my teachers but I think it brought a new level of of kind of appreciation to mm. your patience <laughs> <laughs> and um and your kind of knowledge and ability to manage a class and stuff. So that for me was like another step of in that achievement. It was just another thing to say that I'd kind of done and could mm. tick off the list. That was a lot of fun. Do you, can you think of any sort of you're saying about the show? Mm. Is there any times that you remember particularly from the show? Any little stories that mm. you could share with the audience? I think I remember. So I had Georgia, Georgia Bune. Shout out to Georgia. Um, Hi, she <laughs> she was it was when we were doing it was the year that we did the Adams family and it was the year that she, it was the night that she had she had a really bad nosebleed oh yeah. she do you remember because yes, she did. used to get terrible nosebleeds and she was my partner in the Adams family I think I went on 
to go and and I didn't know that she'd had a nosebleed because I think it was a quick change so I was in the wings getting ready when she was off bleeding out her nose (laughs) and I went on to do my bit and then I realized that she wasn't there so I had to just kind of carry on without her and I was like looking around in the wings like what where is she what's happening and then yeah I kind of went off afterwards and was like has anyone seen Georgia and they're like yeah she's she's out the back she's had a really bad nosebleed but that was um that was funny I think one of my most precious memories in terms of like a dance that was very special to me was our graduate dance I think because there's so much emotion Mm. emotions are running high when you're leaving but that was a very special dance to me and I think we all it's something that you really value as a CCDA student is kind of getting to do your last dance with the people that you've grown up with that was very special oh really sad (laughs) I know but also exciting and fun at the same time yeah yeah okay do you think that any of the things that you did performing in groups, for example, or performing mm. as soloists, do you think it gave you any extra skills, which sometimes parents don't feel that uh, perhaps dance is quite worth the money that's mm. charged for it, or yeah. they see it in a babysitting way? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think, well, I, I mean, I think, I think I can safely say that I, I would not be, this one sounds so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I wouldn't be who I am if I hadn't danced and danced with you. I think that's, you. there's like a, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but I think in terms of like specific things I learned, I think realistically, there's probably an endless list, really. But I think specifically confidence is a big mm-hmm. one that you obviously learn when you're performing and kind of do something because something I always think of now is whenever I was about to go on stage I'd have this like this is going to start off sounding bad but it's not so I'd have this like crippling fear and I'd have like a this in the pit of my stomach like terrifying feeling and be like oh my god this is so scary and then every time I'd just push through and it would be the best thing in the world Mm. and now I think whenever I have those really nervous feelings I always remember kind of being backstage and about to go on stage and being like I felt that then and then I it ended up being the best thing ever and it was like nothing it didn't matter like the scariness was gone so that's something kind of quite literally that I think I definitely learned from dance is that when things seem scary often it's actually best to just go and do it and push through and it's not going to last forever and then it afterwards it'll be it'll be good and fun and nice yeah and I think also in terms of group work you definitely learn to work as a team and to support one another and acknowledge other people's strengths and recognize when you need to kind of push other people up but yeah teamwork for sure absolutely Mm. nice did you prefer being in that team or did you prefer being a soloist or bit of that's a really hard question I think I think if I had to pick I'd probably pick being in a group because you're just driven by everyone else's energy so like you can feel the support and the energy on stage in that group and I think it makes you feel a a bit more fearless I think and a bit more kind of powerful in what Mm -hmm. you're doing and I love doing solos as well, but there is something a bit more vulnerable. There's there's definitely more of a vulnerability to doing solos, but also they are a little bit more freeing because it's you're the only person on that stage. If you go wrong, you're the only person that knows it. No one else knows. So there's there's something quite kind of freeing and liberating in the fact that it's just yours. Yeah, that's a tough call. Maybe a mixture of both then, who knows? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Do you think there's anything that your dance lessons, besides, we've, we've said the confidence and um, mm. friendship and the social side of things, but is there anything specific that's helped you in sort of in your general education? I think drive and determination and wanting to kind of do better and achieve, that's probably been 
if it hasn't come from dance originally, it's definitely been reinforced by dance, definitely. You know, wanting to do as well as you can, as often as you can, <laughs> pushing yourself to to do as to be the kind of best version of yourself if I'm gonna go back into cliches. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. And then taking learning to take criticism and the discipline and things like that as well. You you got to do what the teacher says. <laughs> and I think that's I think I had I had much higher respect for my dance teachers than I had my academic teachers. That might not sound very good, <laughs> but I think there's a lot to be said in when you can like see the value in something from someone else's kind of love and passion and knowledge. And that doesn't often happen in academic teachers, I think. And when it does, they're the ones I love. They're the ones I loved and I remember. Mm-hmm. And I think you always, you pretty much always get that in a dance teacher or you definitely do at CCDA anyway. So it did teach me respect in a sense, but I think I definitely respected my dance teachers more than my school teachers. You took obviously GCSEs and A-levels. How did, you know, pursuing a hobby that, as you've just told us, you really enjoyed and wanted to do, how did that mm. sort of fit in with, with schoolwork? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a particularly studious school student (laughs) wasn't necessarily always doing my homework on time but that was just because of me that wasn't anything (laughs) to do with dance but there's um we'd always all of us would take our schoolwork to dance and then you know if you have it's all about striking the balance isn't it so just learning how to make the most of your free time so if we had you know a, a full evening of dance but we knew we had a couple of breaks between classes we'd take our work with us or our homework or our revision and we'd sit and do it in the hall or in the changing rooms between lessons to kind of make the most of that time that you do have that's spare yeah I think it's just time management and Mm -hmm. organization is definitely something you learn and yeah recognizing when to make the most of your free time for sure so when you left school what did you decide to do in terms of your A-levels and what sort of things? And what would your sort of career thoughts were? Mm. Dance involved in any way? Or? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I always, that was always the plan was to be a dancer or a performer of some kind. And I did, I did my VTech dance at college with you, which I fast tracked, actually, didn't I? Yes, I did. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. I did fast track it. But yeah, that was always a plan. I always wanted to be a dancer and then got very poorly for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had glandular fever for a few months I think I was off college I wasn't back at college full-time for I think about four months and I was off dance for maybe six months so that kind of put a bit of a spanner in the works but dance was definitely always my plan and then I did audition and I didn't get in and I think ultimately what led me to do what I'm doing now was a knocked ego and my pride kind of being a bit take it took a bit of a hit when I didn't get in and I was like oh well in hindsight (laughs) what I probably should have done or you know might tell myself to do if I went back is to work harder for another year and try again Mm -hmm. and then if I didn't get in again then I'd be like okay yeah fair enough like I gave it a good shot but realistically I probably wasn't enough the other side of having glandular fever to be good enough to audition I think but we live and we learn. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So now, so eventually I, when I didn't get in, because I had to take a year out to recover after glandular fever, because I, pretty much my only plan was going to dance school at the time. So 
when I took a year out, I did an apprenticeship in marketing and worked in marketing for a year while I was waiting to audition. And then I auditioned, didn't get in. And then I kind of went, oh, what do I do now? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd never considered doing anything else ever. Yeah. I think it definitely was a, a bit of a rushed decision, which rushed decision, which, you know, is not necessarily a bad thing. It yeah, got me to yeah. where I am now. But Absolutely. I went to I did an event management degree. I went to I applied late only a couple of months after I found out I hadn't got into dance school and then went to Plymouth to do event management. Did that for three years and ended up working in marketing. So now I work in marketing for the University of Plymouth. I didn't realise yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's what I do. <laughs> so when you were at university, did they have a dance society there or not? Yeah, they did have a dance society and I don't think this is gonna this might come off a little bit arrogant but I didn't want to join because it it was to me and I sat in a couple of classes it felt a bit like it was more targeted to beginners or maybe people that hadn't had quality of prior training that I might have had or that we might have had at CCDA Mm -hmm. and I I felt like I just feel quite frustrated so I didn't join in the end because I didn't join. And then in my final year, because I tried to find classes around, it's really hard as an adult to find dance classes that are for adults that already have experience of dancing. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of adult classes are targeted towards people who've never danced before or maybe dance when, you know, for a couple of years when they were three or four or, Mm -hmm. you know, a child, an actual child. And it's really hard unless you live in a, a big city that like London or Bristol maybe but there definitely wasn't anywhere in Plymouth that even took over 18s that weren't beginners so eventually in my final year I set up a group that was outside because I kind of figured well if I feel like this there will be other people because there's three universities in Plymouth and I thought there will be other people that feel this way I kind of put out I ended up setting up a dance group for people that felt exactly like that so people that wanted to dance but maybe either didn't want the commitment of a society because if you end up competing it's a lot of commitment felt like their society wasn't perhaps for them and they didn't really want to go there for whatever reason but they still had a a good background in dance and a good Mm -hmm. training before going to uni um, and wanted to carry that on so I ended up setting up the group and I think when I eventually found a venue we only we were only doing it for about a term but it was such good fun I think I got like 15 girls coming most weeks and the general idea was just that we would get together and someone would teach a routine so and because everyone was coming from different genres people would teach different styles so I I taught a a contemporary piece I think the first week and then we had someone teaching someone who had come from a Latin and ballroom background that taught a cha-cha and then we had another person come and do a street routine and then we had someone else come and do commercial routine so there was like that was really fun you weren't committed to anything like you'd mm. come you'd, you'd only pay if you came and the only amount of money you'd pay was so that I could cover the price of the hall you weren't committed to, if you didn't fancy doing a particular genre or you had a dissertation to write one week or anything like that you didn't have to feel kind of committed to coming every single week like you might in a society so that was good fun and that was really valued about my final year for sure did you find also that you say you didn't have to commit but did you find people did come that yeah there were definitely quite good yeah absolutely so there were people that came every week there were that yeah there was definitely people that came every week so I said that I felt like it it was I felt like I hadn't really been myself like since starting uni and not dancing yeah I felt like there was something missing and that that was 
it felt like it was back. And I think there was, and there was a few people there that said the same thing and they were been kind of looking for something to fill that gap, I guess. And other things just didn't. So that was nice to hear. So in a way you almost, again, we're going to be a bit cliche here, but you found your tribe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was nice. And that was a nice, the, the other people there were getting what I was getting out of it as well was nice. Cause that's always what you hope, isn't it? That other people get things out of stuff that you do <laughs> absolutely yeah so you having said that you enjoy the performing side of things that's mm. where you sort of found your confidence that you are now in your professional life actually starting to use that performing a little bit and that confidence mm. in terms of you also are doing a podcast I am also yes. doing a podcast so I have Instagram accounts called bloody honest which is about menstrual health and well-being and basically I kind of went through a bit of a gynecological health journey myself and realized that there was a lot that I missed in education. There's a lot that schools don't teach you mm-hmm. um, and that's missed out and discussions that aren't had. And I realized that a lot of things I learned and came to learn as an adult going through this, I realized that it would have been much easier. Basically, my whole adult, adolescent and adult life would have been a lot easier if I'd have known it. So I kind of wanted to do that for other people and try to create a place where I'm educating people on everything you don't learn and also opening up the conversation for anyone that needs it that feels like they can't talk about it anywhere else because it is stigmatized and it is there's a lot of shame surrounding it and that eventually led to meeting a girl called Millie on Instagram who a she's a sex education and relationship consultant uh, for schools and colleges and she's amazing she does an incredible job we kind of decided to combine forces and have a podcast of our own so that's what we do and we basically basically the premise is that you know she brings the the sex ed side of things and I bring the menstrual health and gynecological health side of things and we just aim to help everyone get to grips and a bit more confident and comfortable in the knowledge that they should have had basically as a as a young person and sadly the education system unfortunately doesn't do a great job of covering that so that's what we try to do. That sounds really interesting though I'm sure it all walks and and parts of life there must be Mm. something there for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And that's the aim, because we want to make sure we're covering everything. Because obviously, a standpoint I come from in terms of the menstrual health side of things is that it, it shouldn't just be a female issue. Because half the reason there is a stigma around it is because, you know, boys come out of school not knowing anything about it, thinking it's this big mystery. And then as soon as someone mentions periods, they're like, oh, gross. Mm. And it's that's kind of a lot of where the issue comes from. So it is about uh, it's something I'm really keen on is also educating men um the effect it has on women and how rubbish it can be basically so that they can have a bit more sympathy and empathy Mm. and support the women in their life better basically so yeah that's the aim is is to bring as many people to these conversations as possible be it about periods or sex or relationship anything like that and just yeah get the get the conversation going and what we'll do is we'll put some links to um, Catherine's podcast in the, the show notes so that you can ah, see exactly. Thank and you. Give her a listen. And yeah, come, come join her as well. Yeah, come join the crew. Okay. So we're finding you at the moment on Spotify. and mm-hmm. Yeah, so at the moment uh, we're on Spotify, Anchor and Pocket Cast and we're uh in the process of being approved hopefully by apple podcast and 
hopefully you'll soon be able to find it anywhere you find pocket. Mm. Okay. So this has been really interesting. Just a couple of things to wind up our lovely conversation we're having here. Mm. Dance has obviously helped to shape your life as any hobby Mm. would have done in some way. If you sort of had to explain to somebody what you got out of dance, what would you say? I think it shown me how important it is to have something it showed me the value of having something that you love and are passionate about because that's something that when I stopped dancing I really missed and I I don't think I realized how much I did miss it not you know dance specifically obviously but having something that you love and care about and want to do six days a week Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if you aren't lucky enough to find that in maybe your job or the my course at the time is what I was maybe struggling a little bit with because I didn't feel particularly enthused (laughs) about it and that's I think what was missing for me is the fact that I I didn't have anything that I loved and was really passionate about which is what I feel like I do have now with my kind of menstrual health education side of things so that kind of fills that little void for me but yeah it definitely showed me the value of having something that you love that is yours that you is kind of your outlet and your your thing Last, absolute last thing then. So if you were giving advice to any sort of would-be dancers or maybe parents of dancers, in particular young mm. young parents who, you know, they've got their two, three, four-year-old who may be dancing around the land, <laughs> um, son or daughter, you know, what, what would advice would you be giving at this point? I think dance? to would-be dancers, I think I'd say, I mean, if they're a little bit older, perhaps, I'd say it could be the best decision you ever make because it was dancing with CCDA was without a doubt the, like the best 15 years of my life. And I think it's something that's so special to me that it would be a shame if someone is considering it for whatever reason they're having or they have doubts about doing it for whatever reason. It would be a massive shame because there's so much that you might gain from it. And there's so many opportunities as well that might come your way that you would never consider coming your way to parent of dancers or of young dancers I think I'd say support encourage and nurture whatever love they find and I think if dance is that love that's really special and yeah support and encourage them with it because it they probably will end up valuing it more than the parent might realize mm-hmm. um I think unless you've had something that's been that special to you you can't really understand it So, Catherine, this has been really interesting talking to you. I'm really excited for you also about your podcast. Thank you. Something that is going to be really good and it's going to grow and grow. So we're going to be extremely proud to say that you, I mean, we've always been proud to say that you're part of our students, but also with something like that in your your life now, it's really nice. Mm. I still kind of feel like you've got confidence and purpose just as you had for dance so yeah thank you thank you it's been such a pleasure all right bye for now bye-bye if you have enjoyed today's episode please remember to subscribe or follow the growing through dance podcast drop me a review and share the episode on your social media you can also follow all things dance on our instagram at growing through dance pod thank you for listening i am your host Catherine lucy